The views and opinions expressed on Caffeine and Sarcasm are that of the host and guests alone and are not to be associated with any law enforcement agency or any other entity. Caffeine and Sarcasm could be considered explicit, so listener discretion is advised. You're now listening to Caffeine and Sarcasm with your host, Logan Campbell. So buckle up and brew a cup because here we go. everybody welcome back to caffeine and sarcasm my name is logan campbell and i am the host of this show um today i just wanted to um, express a little bit of gratitude and thank everybody for listening to the show and sharing it and letting all of your friends know um, i'm seeing a lot more listens and everything uh the last episode that i did with aj uh oh five oh has has reached a lot of people and i got a lot of positive uh, compliments on it. So thank you for sharing that. Um, please continue to like and subscribe to the show. Um, if you haven't already, please do a five-star review. I know this probably gets annoying, but you know what? I have to keep saying it um, in order for this thing to go further and further. Um, also, if if you're willing to, there's, there's an option on my Anchor website. If you go there, um, you can support the show. Um, it's sort of like a Patreon or something like that. Um, you can subscribe to it and do a monthly contribution. Um, I, I've never uh, been one to ask strangers for money in my entire life. But if you wanted to to become a supporter of the show um, and, and, and contribute, you can do uh, $0.99 cents a month, uh, $4.99 a month, or even $10 a month. Um, and I'm trying to work on maybe possibly doing some swag, uh, maybe possibly doing some... I don't know, coffee mugs, that sort of thing. Um, if you were to be a subscriber uh, for $10 a month, maybe we would work on a coffee mug, that sort of thing, or maybe work out a deal with Code Blue Coffee Co. Um, I don't know, maybe we can work on like a, a coffee mug and a 12-ounce bag of coffee thing for a, a monthly subscriber. I don't know, I'm, I'm working on some ideas. If you have some ideas and, and maybe this sounds like something that you would like to do, uh, let me know because I'm I'm trying to, I don't know, maybe I'm grasping at straws here that somebody would want to support us. Um, and I say us, I, I mean me. Somebody would want to support me and my dream with this. Um, but if you're willing to do that, uh, please visit my Anchor webpage. If you go to my Instagram, at OfficerCampbell182, follow the link in my bio, the one that says Anchor, and you can uh, give a monthly co- contribution that way. Um, today on the podcast is a friend of mine from high school, um, who became rather successful um, in drumming in a band uh, called I Exist. Uh, they ended up on uh, a music-inspired-by album for Saw 3D. Uh, he, he played in a metal band, and uh, now he does some, some still still does a lot of drumming and does an electronic stuff uh, with, with I Exist. It's kind of difficult to explain on my own. Um, I will let uh, him do it in his own words. So we had a great conversation about life and, you know, just saying yes to things and, uh, you know, just all around uh, a good conversation. We talk about music, musical inspiration. Um, so here's something a little bit different. Um, get away from the, the police topics for a little bit and uh, just let your mind wander um, with Cameron and a little bit of I Exist.
All right, everybody, welcome back to Caffeine and Sarcasm. My guest on the show today is a friend of mine from high school that is one of those rare ones that made it out and actually did something with his life. Um, <laughs> he's, he's saying, oh, please stop. Um, it's a guy by the name of Cameron. I, I don't know if you want to go by your real last name or your stage name. What do we want to do here? Not Bailey, Cameron Bailey. All right, Cameron Bailey. Uh, on Instagram, he's uh, Cam Reeves Music, I believe. Um, you've done crazy amount of things the last time i excuse me i remember the first time that i saw your band i exist was like a big thing was with the uh the saw i think it was like saw five album or something yeah yeah totally that Uh, was insane yeah crazy story behind that and i'm not sure where you want to get started if you want me to start on story time but yeah that was you just introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about it yourself here yeah, so my name is Cameron Bailey. Uh, I do have a kind of stage name. I go by Cam Reeves, um, just for fun, you know. And then, <laughs> so I exist as the the main band that I play with, and we've been to been playing music together for um, like twelve years now. So it's it's been a minute. Um, but yeah, that was probably our first big breakthrough. I think um, it was our first album that we put out, like two thousand nine, called Within Imagination. And then I had a friend, I was at Butler at the time studying music, and I had a friend that was interning at Sony Music in New York. And he was like, send me a text and, hey, bro, you know, I've, I've got these guys at Sony Music. Do you care if I pitch your stuff to them? I'm like, yeah, of course, you know. Um, so then we got an email back from these Sony guys, and they were like, hey, like your song. I'm working on, you know, a couple movie soundtracks. Uh, would love to talk to you guys about it, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward, yeah, it was. Um, they put our song on the inspired by, I don't think these even exist anymore, but <laughs> inspired by the film, you know, uh, CD that would come out and you could get it like Best Buy and Target and all that stuff. Um, and it was Saw 3D was the movie. I, That's what it was. Yeah. It was like, yeah, number five or number six, or I, I forget how many there are. And which is funny because of course we say yes to something like that. Like we're a young band. Oh yeah. And it sounds r- really big. Nothing really came from that um, besides just the props to say that, yeah. which is pretty cool. Um, we were able to go to South by Southwest and meet with some of the Sony guys in person. Oh, no kidding. Uh, like a year later after that and did a small acoustic show, which was pretty cool. But yeah, so they, they put us on there and there were some big bands on that CD. I mean, Chester Bennington had a song on there from Lincoln Park. Uh, this really cool band card called uh, Carnival. Like V O O L, I think is how they spell it, uh, with a K. Carnival. They're from Australia, so they were on it, and then Little I Exist, you know, is on it too. So that was pretty exciting, and that was really the first like big thing where your ego, you know, gets right. pretty. You're like, oh my god, we made it, you know. <laughs> um, so it was pretty exciting. Um, well, I think the craziest thing for me was like I saw it, and then I saw like a music video, and I'm like, oh, I gotta check this out. And I clicked on it because I, I I didn't know you were in this band. And I, I saw a picture of it. And I'm like, that looks like Cameron. And he's got these dreadlocks and everything now. This yeah. is really strange. And some, some long hair now. Holy for sure. cow. Yeah. It, it, I'm sure you guys will look him up. But he's got these crazy long dreadlocks now. Um, but I remember watching the music video. And I was like, that's definitely Cameron <laughs> Bailey. Because yeah. I – we. The, it's a little known fact that we were in a band together. It was a horrible, <laughs> terrible – about this. <laughs> this is a now, terrible Blink-182. It's been terrible. What's that? Ever since we broke up the band, my life has been terrible. 
No, man, it had a, it, it, did you see the movie? Uh, oh, the Motley Crue movie. It was on Netflix. Did you see it? Uh-uh. Oh, you'd love it. Um, but one of the, uh, the guitarist, he always talks about if a band has a shitty name, it's a shitty band. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, we had a shitty name, <laughs> so we were a shitty band. Uh, never, <laughs> never still. Uh, of course of course yeah because we wouldn't we wouldn't stand still but we did all these horrible blink 182 and green day covers like i mean you know i it was a thing it was cool play the variety show and all that stuff you know a lot of people remember that so that's pretty cool good memories it was fun you know i mean i i haven't played electric guitar since then i i still play acoustic a little bit but I don't, you know, there's too much stuff involved. Like I see all your equipment behind you there. Like I, I just don't have the the funds or anything anymore to to do the electric guitar. Whereas, you know, the acoustics just here, I, here I have it and I can still play. Totally. Yep. Cheers, man. Yeah. I got your, uh, your caffeine there. That's a requirement for this show. Of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just, it was wild to see you like in this professionally produced music video and the the song was uh, pass out which was off of your first album it's it's one of my favorites <clears throat> uh, my favorite is uh giving my life cool. i love that one yeah um you've got i think there's like four albums yeah so um within imagination was 2009 um and then we did humanity which was a four part album yeah we released an album in spring and summer and fall and winter and those all um coincided with the seasons of the year and that's kind of how we wrote the songs um but giving my life was on volume one of that and that was a uh, that song has still gets tons of plays like I'm, I'm so fortunate very lucky um but it's just funny how things work out so you know we did the saw thing that was our first album amazing and another cool thing from that so we we're on the the cd and then they asked us if we if we could create this video for the bonus features of the dvd yeah back when that was the thing you know yeah you know back back when uh cd that stands for compact disc for those of you that have no idea what that is yeah it's funny um but so we're like yeah we could um and they asked if we could splice you know some of the scenes from the movie into our video like um especially just for this dvd so we're like yeah so if you you buy that dvd you go on the bonus features and there's our video no kidding which is pretty sweet you know i mean i'm I'm in college this is 2009 i'm like i'm 21 ish at that time um so that was pretty cool that was that was a good breakthrough and then um so then 2012 was humanity which was a big undertaking really cool it turned out really well and then we did Polarity, which was an electronic uh, reimagining of some of the songs on Humanity. Right. Basically like an acoustic version, but it's all electronic. Um, so keyboards and like synthesized drums and stuff. Really, really chill, really relaxed. Yeah. Uh, meditative. And then, yeah, so this then the new album um, just released, we released a single in 2018 uh, called Fine Dreams. And then... Um, We've been working on this album for way too long, close to five years. Um, and there's a crazy story behind that too and why it's taken so long, but um, this album's called Consciousness. So we've released we released uh, three singles this past year in 2020. 
probably hear Apollo, my cat, whining. <laughs> um, and then uh, we've got another song coming out from this album next week, the 15th, called Not From Here. Nobody Ooh. knows that yet. So that's coming. That's probably one of the heaviest songs on the album. All right. You heard it here first. There you go. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we're going to release the full album later this year, probably in late spring. Okay. And that's all going to go on like Spotify and iTunes and all that. Yeah, definitely. Spotify uh, is kind of number one for us. Um, yeah. I know there's a lot of controversy behind that with some artists, but it's always been good for us. You know, it, it, people have asked me too, because I, when I do my podcast, it, it gets distributed through Anchor, which is anchor.fm. Okay. And I don't know if that's what you guys use or whatever, but it's it they automatically do it and people are like, "Oh man, Spotify owns your content and stuff." And it's like, "But who who cares really?" Like yeah. I'm getting my my voice out there and 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 it's reaching more people. It's one of the most popular things. And if it's good enough for Joe Rogan, then it's good enough for me. Yeah, you're you're probably doing all right. Yeah. So, yeah. um I I wanted to uh to talk about your music in general, because people are already probably going to be looking you up as they're just listening to this. Totally. When I heard that first song pass out in the whole first album, I thought it was, it was, it almost had some uh, Iron Maiden, like the, the guitars are very crunchy and mm. crisp and, and you've got, uh, you know, your drumming is very specific. I always attributed it to like a Travis Barker type. I'm addicted to, to double bass. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's just, it always has been um, an addiction of mine. Um, and as you guys evolved a little bit, because your vocals, it's funny that you mentioned Chad from uh, Lincoln Park um, or Chester, excuse me. Chester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I always found that your vocals were a lot like Lincoln Park without the rap. Yeah. And as you evolved, especially going through the humanity albums, it was, I was like, man, these guys are growing into like a Coheed and Cambria, like, <laughs> Dude, that, that means a lot. That right. was almost the thought that I got because of the uh, the synthesizers. It's it's really strange. It's like there's there's some metal, there's some almost like metal core screaming stuff with synthesizers. Yeah. So like, what's the big influence with you guys? Yeah, I mean, Lincoln Park is huge influence. I think Chester Bennington, especially for Brian. Brian Lennington's the uh, lead singer, um, and he's an incredible voice. Like so lucky you know that we found each other he kind of looks uh, like him too he does i think a huge influence from him is live the band um okay. live i can't remember the lead singer's name ed kowalczyk or ed, something like that sure <laughs> like both bald and, and whatever but so lincoln park's a big influence and muse muse is like one of the bands for me that has never gotten old like my tastes have changed a lot even since you know 2012 we put out this album and coming from a background you know when we played and stuff rock and roll and and punk and and metal and that's that's our background and brian has always played synth so when we first met it, we'd write these rock songs and you know i'd have double bass there'd be some metal blast beats things like that mm -hmm. um but he's not he would scream and stuff but he's also a very talented singer you know so he would sing and he has a massive range. He can really get up there um, and really belt these notes. So we've always had that metalish influence. And then, so just lately with this next album is the first album that we're releasing um, that is really not like that at all. And there's a funny, crazy story behind that. 
the reason that that is is because now the band is just Brian and I. We're just a two-piece now. Um, so our guitar player and bass player, <laughs> tons of stories. You know, I don't want to get off on tangents. Oh, no, no. You, yeah. It was 2014, and we had a tour booked in the spring. It was, I think our tour was like in April to May, and it was down to Florida and back, basically. Um, and we had a rehearsal. This was December-ish. It was towards the end of the year. Maybe it was January. And we're in rehearsal at our we had a band house and you know it was just a dirty bro house like mm. the basement we soundproofed and we could play down there whenever we wanted it was awesome but we had just one rehearsal and unexpectedly um we brian and i had booked this tour and our bass player was like hey guys you know sorry but i don't want to do that and oh. it was somewhat of a surprise but and much love to these guys like there's no hard feelings between these guys we still talk to them still yeah, really cool that's good good friends um so johnny the bass player and he, he's the oldest one in the group he's been through a lot he went through went through cancer and chemo and stuff like that um when we were still a band and so that was a an undertaking and he pulled through and he's great he's he's healthy now um, so we, in a way kind of expected that in hindsight but then immediately following johnny saying he didn't want to do it and didn't he didn't say don't want to be in the band but it was i don't want to play these shows like I, i'm trying to raise a family um he was getting married he didn't have any kids yet but or he had one kid and we're like okay so then our guitar player followed up immediately and was like hey guys i don't think i want to do that either and brian and i are both just like it's probably one of the worst feelings of my life yeah. <laughs> because i thought this was it i th you know we had done the saw thing we we had done some things yeah we'd been to south by southwest we've made some contacts and now half the band wants to quit it was so depressing like even now it like brings tears when i was little <laughs> but so brian and i that was the in, in middle of rehearsal and we're like okay so should we keep rehearsing or what do we do so that was it they um they quit johnny went home at the time our guitar player was living with us in that house um he had a girlfriend he moved out and moved in with her and after that rehearsal brian and i were like oh what are we gonna do so yeah. <laughs> there's a b-dubs down the street and Brian and I went down to B-dubs and got super drunk. And one of the things that actually came out of that was like, okay, what if we just do something crazy? And we have this, we, we still have these shows booked. The worst thing to do ever is like cancel these shows and right. cancel these shows. We've never, I don't think, as far as I can remember, have canceled a show. Um, well, I mean, look at Dave Grohl. He fell off the stage and broke his ankle and kept playing at that festival. Yeah. I mean, that's inspiring yeah you want to you want to keep that you know that you don't want to seem like a flake to anybody especially if you do end up hitting it big you know they'll be like no they screwed us before so yeah you want to keep those shows and also you know you want to tell these promoters like if you show up as a two-piece and they're expecting you know your guitar player and bass player that's a little awkward um so anyways we're like drunk what can we do to keep this show going what if we turned them into holograms? Ha uh, funny, you know, <laughs> but so that idea stuck and that's what we did. So seriously, we have, a, yeah, we, have we have a projector. So this was 2014 and Brian is like electronic guru. Like he for pass out and for giving my life music videos, he did all the video editing for that. And for pass out, actually, that was also Andrew Shoemaker who shot that video. Shout out mm -hmm. to him. 
Um, but Brian did all the, the editing, like After Effects and, and uh, Adobe programs. Was that uh, Giving My Life video filmed in Lebanon? No, that was filmed downtown Indy, uh, like Pennsylvania. There's this uh, old church that kind of turned into a venue spot. Yeah. You know, weddings and stuff there. It's not really a church anymore. Um, but yeah, that was all downtown. And then it looked like the church that you used to go to there in, in Lebanon that, that you and your family used to go to. I was like, man, that, I think that's the same church, but yeah, no, it wasn't. It was, uh, it was just, just this place downtown, really cool building. And we had a friend, I think that worked there and we got, so we oh, like, there you go. We shoot here, you know? So anyways, the hologram story. So we had the show booked and in this tour booked down to Florida and really we just want to go down to Florida. So we don't want to cancel the show. It was one- <laughs> So that was a big excuse. So we were like, okay, what if we just do something crazy? So we have this, we bought this rear projection film um, and just out of PVC made a frame and it's this translucent film that's, you know, made it six foot tall and we recorded ourselves with Brian's camera and then keyed out. We had a green screen, I have a green screen back here too for stuff like that. And we keyed out everything. So literally just recorded us playing the parts and um, playing the bass part and the guitar part and, and recorded it. And then uh, turned that into, keyed out everything and turned that into two people on the sides of the stage. We had two films, six foot tall films, and that was holographic images of us playing the guitar and bass parts. That's so insane. We call that the human hologram tour. And we did, that, we did that for two years. We played 2014, the spring into the fall of 2015. We played about 150 shows as a two piece. Um, which was like a big hump to come through because at the time it was like, is this it? Is yeah, is this the end of the band? Is you know, and that's the worst feeling ever. Yeah, right. So yeah, that's kind of the crazy story how we started as a two piece, and then so consciousness, this album that you know that we released a couple songs this past year and uh, releasing some new songs um, in a couple weeks. Um, that is the first album that we've written as a two piece. Um, where we're not going to the studio, you know, traditional guitar, bass, drums. And uh, it's the first album, yeah, it was a two-piece. So we've had a lot of hurdles to to jump over and things like that and kind of figure out a, a new sound for I Exist. And that's one reason why this album is a lot more electronic than some of our last stuff. There's not as many metal influences. Um, and we've gotten into this more, you know... EDM dubstep world and I started listening to more of this stuff and I'm like literally 2015 or 16 like what is this music you know I, I mean I'm a metalhead yeah so I started discovering a lot of these bands kind of like Skrillex he's probably the big names but okay uh, but stuff like that you know yeah um, a lot of people I've never heard of started going down this road and uh, so we went to record consciousness we had three songs that we had written as a two-piece Brian and I and we went to our old producer, which is here in town. His name's uh, Bone. His name's Brian Thorburn. We call him Bone uh, at Threshold Studios. He he produced our last couple albums. So we went to him with three songs and recorded them, recorded the drum parts, record, Brian re- recorded vocals and guitar, and then got back the mix and just weren't happy with it at all. Like, it was so dark sounding, and we wanted more of a happy vibe and some of that is bone like the the producer he mostly records metal bands so i think his sound naturally comes out dark right and that's not what we were going for so we had these three songs and we're like dude this sounds like it doesn't sound like shit. it sounds really good but But it's not what you were going for no we're going for at all 
So we we're like, what can we do? We don't know any producers here. So we started to, we just decided we we're going to produce this next album ourselves. So yeah, it was just Brian and I, we've been through <laughs> hundreds of versions of one song uh, <laughs> just to figure out like, how do we produce our sound? Like record ourselves. That's fine. We know how to do that. Set up some mics. That's cool. But then just the whole electronic music scene, um, where does that come from? You know, um, synthesizing sounds and, and uh, manipulating sounds and post-production kind of thing. So that's this next album is that's why it sounds way more electronic is, first of all, we're just a two piece now. Um, we don't have that traditional rock band vibe. And um, so, yeah, that's where consciousness comes from. And, you know, the past songs we've released, we have gotten some messages like, hey, I miss that old sound. And yeah. we realized that we knew that would come. Um, but I think both of us, it's gratifying to change our sound a little bit. Um, good news is <laughs> we're already working on some new songs, like post this album um, and already thinking about like some guitar parts to put in it and more of our old sound to incorporate yeah. this new electronic sound. So we're still, you know, on this path of finding our new sound as a two piece. And that's that's been very difficult. And that's why it's taken us five years yeah. to we recorded three songs five years ago and <laughs> we just released them like this past year yeah because we recorded them and reproduced them and finally like 90 percent happy there's still 10 percent there that's yeah. like you know what i mean but i'm not sure if that ever goes away as an artist um that's probably true i mean you know you you hear interviews with different you know, whether they're actors or musicians or whatever, and they always have some sort of complaint about their performance about something. So, you know, you're, you're going to get it to 98% and it's just like, you're going to have to swing for the fences on it and hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of artists that talk about, you know, I'll, I'll record the song, go into the studio and I'll never listen to it again. Yep. Because of that very same reason. Um, yeah. I know yeah. a lot of actors don't watch what they watch. Cause I, I listen to, uh, Oh, it's called Fake Doctors, Real Friends. It's a, a podcast about Scrubs, the TV show. Okay. And, which is actually one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And every episode of the podcast, they're going through the episodes of the show. And they're like, I haven't watched this since we filmed it. Yeah. And that was, you know, 20 years ago. So it's, it to me, that's crazy that, the, you know, I would want to see what, what I did, like, you know, to make sure it looks good. But I, I guess when you're in that, you know, that lifestyle of acting or, or whatever, people just you know, want to get the performance out and move on. Yeah. And it's, it's so interpersonal, any kind of art, you know, or acting or, or whatever is you're really putting yourself out there. So to separate yourself from that insecure voice, is probably something everybody battles with. Yeah. And probably the greatest artists out there are the ones that have, have lessened that voice as much as possible. Um, but I'm not sure if that ever goes away, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, and it, to it totally makes sense because it. I, I think that when it comes to doing what you want to do, you have to silence your inner voice almost because you, or at least you, you have to silence that you have the, you know, the, the two angels or the, the angel and the devil on each shoulder. You have to silence the one that's telling you, no, this sounds like shit. And, you know, this isn't good enough. You have to really sort of tone them down and listen to the other one and pursue what you want to do. Sure. Yeah, and respect to you too. I listened to your latest podcast, and you talked about um, uh, you know your presence on social media and just 
kind of putting herself out there. Yeah. And you mentioned something like uh, letting people know that you're human, like you're normal. Right. Like, you, and it's easy to have something that you want to put out there and then be like, ah, no, that's stupid. Or when you just need to press send, you just, just yeah. go. I just do it. Like, you know, I, I have a lot of fun with my, specifically my Instagram because, you know, like I was talking with, with AJ on there on my last episode, I treat it like an, almost like a diary. Like I'm talking to everybody. Like this is the little piece of my day that, that you can see. And, and I'm allowing that because it, it allows people to see I'm not just a robot of the system that, you know, they may or may not agree with. That's yeah. just sort of the way that I look at it. I think that's smart. Um, and that's what you have to do. And, you know, as I've gotten more into composing and songwriting. So I exist. We've got our thing going on. And so I started a side project. And that's where Cam Reeves was born a few years ago. Well, we started producing music. And I started writing songs, like, really, really electronic. Like, really down the rabbit hole. Very trance songs. Kind of yeah. this you know, European trance dubstep kind of sound. And I started just finding out, you know, how these people are making their sounds like Skrillex and like Armin Van Buren, like Dead Mouse. What are these sounds? How do they make these sounds? It's not a kick drum like we think of, you know, yeah. drum guitar. It's totally different. It's sitting on your computer and making sounds and manipulating stuff. Um, so I started writing these songs as we were producing I Exist. And I was like, well, this is really cool. I think it's cool. Um, but it's not, I exist. It's, it's not our sound. So that's where Cam Reeves, my side project was born. And I started just kind of doing what you said is like, all right, I think this song is good enough. I spent hundreds of hours on this song mm -hmm. to learn the processes of recording music and production. So I started putting songs out there under my own name and super elect electronic, like club trance music kind of thing. Um, I had no intention of playing any shows. It was just learning, learning how to produce. And then I, I went to a, a few uh, producers, uh, really big producers came here in Indianapolis for a clinic. And I went to the clinic and I, I met <clears throat> Indy Mojo is a, a uh, promoter here in town. And I met the, the guy that is involved with that. His name's Matt Ramsey here in Indianapolis. And just said, hey, you know, I started this side project. Like, thanks for bringing these producers in town because they were really big. And I learned yeah. a lot from that conference. Um, and he just hit me up one day. Hey, do you want to play a show? Like at the Mousetrap, this bar on the north side, you know, kind of hole in the wall, but has a really cool place. Yeah. And almost said no, because like, that's not my intention. And I exist as number one. Like, that's what I'm focused on. But I was like, well, what do I have to lose kind of thing? So I went and played this show and I'm not a DJ. Like I, I don't, this was a show with other DJs. So they're just, you know, playing other people's songs. Right. And I was like, I'm not a DJ. I literally don't know how to DJ and mix on that kind of system. Um, so he's like, that's fine. Um, just bring your own gear and whatever, play for an hour. I'm like, okay. So I just played my songs that I had written, really electronic stuff. Um, and I'm doing some looping as well. So I'll, I'll like loop some drum parts and I've even had guitar a couple times. I'll loop some like riffs on guitar and then just, you know, build mix in my songs and build and, and stuff like that. So that's been a learning process, but, um, it's been really cool. That's, um, a lesson learned that pretty much always say yes. 
Yes. Because you don't know what's going to come from that. Um, I could have said no. And I, I think about that a lot because this isn't my number one thing. Like this was a joke. Like, you know, I, I just written these songs and I thought, well, you should put them out there rather than just sitting on your computer. Right. Yep. Got asked to play the show said yes. And a lot of cool things have come from that. I've met a lot of cool people in Indy. Um, I've lived here my whole life and yet I wasn't involved in that scene for whatever reason until now. Yeah. And that's such a niche too. Cause I, I remember you posted something, you played a couple of shows at the Vogue and yeah. you know, that that's like a big, a big theater to play in Indianapolis. So it's like, you know, I, I remember you had like some sort of like Indian flute and everything. I'm like, man, he's really getting into this really, really interesting music. And there's, you have to realize that there's a niche for everything. You know, yeah. you're creating this music for a particular set of people. You just got to find them. Absolutely. And that's, that's hard. It's easy to create. It's hard to find <laughs> the market sometimes. Like if right. nobody knows about it, then, okay, great. What, what are you creating for? Um, but most of that is for myself. It's, it's fun to just sit here and, and write. And that's kind of my day-to-day. So, yeah, I got into these flutes. I've got some here. And just started playing these flutes live. And, you know, you add a ton of reverb on them and stuff. They sound really dope. Right. <laughs> Right. That's just wild. But, but I've got a few of those that I play live and, and you know, people love that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really don't see. Um, but I love that sound. Um, anyways, so yeah, I got asked to open for, uh, these really big DJs, uh, desert dwellers, um, at the Vogue, a solo show, like just me myself. Yeah. You know? And that's something I really had to get used to. And, but also something that, um, I think I needed to know that, Hey, I can do this, you know, as a, as a performer, like if I'm the only person on stage, I, I can play. Yeah. It's and a confidence so, builder. Yeah, absolutely. And when the band broke up in half, like, I remember that thought of like, I can't do this by myself. Like, so to have this side project, um, and to be able to have no boundaries and creativity has been really helpful in my artistic uh, career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, another one was I played the Vogue before with IXIS. We played a couple times, but still ask, you know, playing it by yourself. This Cam Reeves new music thing was really cool. But then they asked me to play open for Papadocio, which is a big band out of Ohio. I think they're from Ohio. Um, asked me to open for them in the Egyptian room at the Marat theater. Oh, wow. And I've never played the Egyptian room. So that was like, you know, <laughs> I had to pull pull my head down a little right, bit. Right, yeah. For those of you that don't know, the Egyptian room is where, like, I mean, big bands play there. I, I saw Goldfinger there. I mean, I, there's there's a whole bunch of people that will go specifically to the Egyptian room because it's such an awesome venue. It's it's the number one. It's the number one indoor venue in, in Indy. There's some, like, White River State Park and, and stuff like that. Those are some outdoor amphitheaters that are sick. I've never played there. That would be next level. But yeah, this is like Live Nation venue. Like all these bands get booked there, you know. And I'm used to playing bars and stuff like that nobody knows about. Yeah. To open for that was like magical. And that was, was just you by yourself? It was just me by myself. Um, I, was, I wasn't I was too nervous, but I was like, okay, well, this is <laughs> a huge venue. And like, you know, um, I'm used to plugging everything in by myself and getting everything working, turning up the sound. I mean, this is a venue where... Uh, 
everybody, um, there's, uh, can't talk, you know, there's a sound engineer and there's, there's a stage manager and everybody's asking, you know, do you need help? What do you need? Do you, what do you need in your monitor? Things like that. So it was very professional and, uh, was, yeah, an amazing feeling for sure. And yeah. then we have a green room downstairs and, you know, it was pretty cool. And they're like, what, what do you need in your green room? Uh, I don't know, a, a toilet? <laughs> uh, beer? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, those... I, know that, I know that some artists have, you know, those crazy green room lists that they have to have, like, you know, 14 strawberries that only have 67 seeds on them and that sort of thing. Yeah, I know there's some crazy stuff out there. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. I I, I didn't know that you played there. I, I've, I've been to some awesome shows at the Egyptian Room. It's a good place to... Yeah, it's an amazing venue. I've seen tons of shows there. I met my girlfriend there. Um, so yeah, it's a cool place, a lot of memories, and to be on that stage and look out is uh, something I'll never forget for sure. Yeah, I see it from the other side. Just because I said yes, <laughs> you know, and I almost said no. Yeah, it's almost like no, I'm, you know, a solo artist. I'm not. I'm not good enough to do that. There's all these voices in your head, but if you just overcome that and be like, yeah, why not? What's the worst that could happen, right? I think that's a big lesson to that anybody can take away from either this conversation or just in life is that if you would just do what you really want to do and and say yes to yourself, you could set yourself on a trajectory that you would have never thought that you'd be there or anybody else would think of you because there's always going to be naysayer naysayers, excuse me, on either they're your friends, your family, your coworkers, there's always going to be people that doubt you. Absolutely. But if you are willing to do it yourself, I think that's a great example. You said yes. Yeah. And I, you know, the people who have never done it are going to be the people that are going to say, you can't do that. You can't. But, you know, if you say you want to raise a million dollars and you ask people how you do that, well, if you ask people that have never raised a million dollars, they're going to say it's impossible. But if you ask the person that is a millionaire how to raise a million dollars, he's, he's going to say, well, how are you going to do it? He's not going to say, no, nah, you can't do that. You know, um, so it's, yeah, it's just funny that the people that you surround yourself around and, um, you know, you're the people that are going to say no and that's impossible. And you just got to know in the back of your head what you're capable of and also know that you're capable of probably much more than you think. Um, I think that's a big lesson from all this as well, as far as where I've come from. Um, but yeah, man. Well, I remember, I think it was our senior year, you had some music expose thing that you did all right everybody we're going to take a quick commercial break um and the music that you're hearing during this commercial break before and after it is i exist brand new song called not from here it debuts on the 15th uh cameron allowed me to put it in here so you get a little bit of a taste of what cameron's music is like uh, with his band i The whole show was awesome. Like 
I, yeah. it, I think it was a big surprise to everybody because you, I mean, you were playing Pink Floyd, you were doing all kinds of stuff. Cool. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. So I, I put on this. I just wanted to do a recital, um, and and just kind of the whole point of it was the bands that have influenced me, and um, so that was a big point. Which Pink Floyd, huge. So we played some Pink Floyd songs, some Led Zeppelin songs. Uh, I put together a Tool medley of mm-hmm. like cool songs. So that's one of my favorite. Danny Carey, the drums, killing it um so yeah i just had all my musician friends like hey you want to play um i think the coolest moment from that was the pink floyd songs i got three girl singers and <laughs> i can't remember it was maria Badillo, it was amanda haney i can't remember the third girl so sorry i don't remember the other one but one moment of like i was practicing and we were practicing in my parents garage and like you know pink floyd has that just beautiful you know girl choir sound in some of their songs mm-hmm. and that come through when we were practicing some of these songs I was like ah oh, that's amazing you know yeah. you have keyboards you have drums you have these three girl singers singing harmonies like that was a cool moment but yeah i remember <laughs> making flyers and putting them up you know i had to get permission you know in Lebanon high school to put them up and i was in a good standing i made good grades so i wasn't a loser kid whatever yeah Put up all these flyers, got permission, and then the next day they were all taken down. And I was like, went to Mr. Ross. Mr. Ross and I are good friends. Like, hey, what? I thought I did all the right things, and he said something I, I don't even remember, but sorry, you know, they just had to take them down. And I was pissed. Like, dude, this is my life, music. I, I do one concert at the school. This is my senior year. Um, I did everything I'm supposed to do. So after school, I put them all back up, <laughs> and they they left them. They left them. And I, I made sure Mr. Ross was, you know, knew that I was pissed. Like, dude, why would you do that? Yeah. You know, my dreams, you're just going to squash my dreams. You don't want people to come to my concert. Um, that's one thing that really made me uh, want to get out of Lebanon pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I just felt there was no support. And I wanted to be in a artistically supportive community, which is not Lebanon, Indiana. <laughs> no, I agree with that. I mean, it's, I, I mean, heck I'm, I'm not there anymore either. So um, I, I, I think that that happens with a lot of people's homes, hometowns. I think they all feel that way because, you know, there's, there's dozens and dozens of songs written about how oh, my hometown sucks, but there's some truth behind each and every one of them, because yeah. those are the people that you grew up and they quote unquote, know you for, who you were as in in elementary school and middle school and high school. So they think, no, he can't do anything else. These, his dreams that he's talking about can't exist because this is who he is. You know, it's that I I really do think that that's a huge part of it. So it, you know, I mean, while Lebanon, yes, it's my hometown and I I still love it, but there's still some poison in everyone's hometown. That's you, you have set a standard for yourself, quote unquote, to other in other people's minds that they don't even know who you really are. Yeah. I, no, I, I really think that that's the way it is. That's a great point. Um, because you, you grew up and people are going to have, and I'm guilty of this. I'm sure we all are having an opinion about somebody that's no longer accurate, you know, and especially from your hometown, you know, you, I got into some trouble back in Lebanon, you know, and got arrested and stuff. And, 
I'm a good kid now. I, I remember. <laughs> yeah, people will never forget that. I'll never live that down. Nope. That's not me anymore, you know? Um, and that's okay. And I, I don't, uh, I accept everything that I've done. I don't regret anything. I've done some stupid things for sure, but. Do we all have. But yeah, as kids or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. But on that note, um, you know, the whole Cam Reeves thing was like, nobody knows who I am. No, nobody has any preconceived notions on, you know, I exist. They didn't even know I exist, you know, and that's my big thing. Like a lot of these musicians. No pun intended. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we do exist. Uh, yeah. So it, it was kind of cool. Like in a way I could be whoever I want. I could have this alter ego. I, nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows my, my sound as far as music goes. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a cool thing that came out of Cam Reeves um, as well. And Indies, you know, I've been living down in Fountain Square in Indianapolis uh, for a few years now. I do like the downtown. Um, it's, you know, we all have that notion of like, gotta get out of town, gotta get out of our hometown, which got out of Lebanon for sure. Um, it went 20 minutes south. <laughs> yeah, it's like 20 minutes. Right? <laughs> but um, yeah, Indy's been cool. Um, you know, I've made some connections here and actually I kind of think that's it. So uh, I wrote down three years ago, I've got a little dream board here. Three years ago, I wrote down New City 2021. So uh, my girlfriend and I uh, decided last year we're going to move to L.A. Um, in June. Wow. Okay. That's a big step in my life right now. Um, so that's awesome. And I've been thinking about that for a long time. I mean, even since high school, really just, you know, the dream, whatever. Oh yeah. It might be the worst time ever coronavirus <laughs> ah. and everything, or maybe it's the best time ever, you know, Joe Rogan talking about moving out of LA, like maybe rent's going to go way down. Dude, I know move to Texas. Yeah, no, Austin, uh, you know, he moved to Austin and that's a big thought too. That's a, that's a close second place. We've talked about other places to move, but I think uh, as a musician, and that's the whole reason that I want to move is to get to a more artistic community. Um, I think if you're, if you want to be the musician, you got to be in LA. You know, if you want to be in music business, you got to be in New York. Yeah, be close. If you want to be a country singer, you got to be in Nashville. If you want to be the band, if you want to be the musician, you got to be in LA. That's, yeah. that's what's all I, I think that the internet has helped people get away from that. I mean, look at Justin Bieber. You know, he, he, as, as much as we might not like him, he started on YouTube. Yeah. You know, uh, so uh, we, we are now back from when we were in a band where it was like, man, we got to get a recording studio and do all this stuff. And, you know, you got to send your album out to everybody. You don't even have to do that anymore. Yeah. You know, now, now you can get your music out through Spotify or, or whatever. So, but I still do think, I agree. I think it's smart to plant yourself where you want to be because that's, where it's all going to happen. You know, if, if you watch the, uh, the Elton John movie, uh, rocket man, they yeah. moved from England to the United States because that's where rock and roll was. It was, you know, I mean, so that still stands true today. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Led Zeppelin, you know, I've read a couple books about them biographies, whatever. And it's kind of the same thing. They, you know, uh, got a lot of critiques and stuff like that in Europe and, weren't really doing it and then they booked us booked them a tour in us and then after that they you know it was all over blew right. up so it's, yeah music has changed a lot and and that's all good and very fortunate place to be right here in indy made a lot of connections but i really feel like i've hit a brick wall um i think it's 
in a way, time to start over. Um, and, uh, you know, I exist is obviously still a thing and we're releasing music and that's great. Um, I don't think Brian's going to move out to LA this year, but, uh, he's talked about, you know, make, making a move, you know, maybe in a, next year or something like that. We'll see, but we're in a unique place where, you know, you can collab with somebody halfway across the world and never meet them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way it kind of goes right now. So, uh, well, I yeah. did an interview with Blake Voigt. You remember Blake? Yeah, cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I did a podcast with him, and, and he's out in L.A. I yeah. mean, you want to talk about somebody that's successful. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's done some Marvel movies and everything. So I, I'll, have to, I'll have to hook you guys up when you move out there. Yeah, I, I stay in touch with him, I mean, maybe once a year, like an Instagram message, something like that. Right. And actually, uh, Small World, that's how I found kind of your page. Like, I started following you for whatever reason I wasn't or something – or I don't know if this is a new page and you had a personal one, um, but I saw just a suggestion under, I was on Blake's page and I saw a suggestion for your page. Yeah. And that's, that's when I started following you. You messaged me after that about this podcast. Yeah, was- it's, uh, I started my, my uh, public one uh, a little over two years ago, just to sort of, you know, bring some, some levity to, to law enforcement and how everything, how things are going sure. and, and all that and uh year for you too right i mean say again this is probably a crazy hard year for you as well just police officers in general and yeah it's been a rough go uh that's is sort of the best way to describe it um you know and and what aj and i kind of talked about on on my last episode those of us in the midwest we were kind of like what are y'all talking about like it was you know there's there are all these horror stories about uh, mistreatment of people yeah. by law enforcement. And I've, you know, I've been in, I worked for, for Boone County for four years uh, for the sheriff's office there. And, and now I work for a department in Northern Indiana and I've never witnessed anything like you've seen on TV or, or, you know, people talk about like either happening by cops or, or whatever. So to us, we're like, what is going on? Like, mm-hmm. this is not the kind of policing that we're used to. So then I start looking up stories and reading these articles about, you know, this, this mistreatment of people. And I'm like, that can't be real. So then I look up the court cases and I'm like, holy shit, it is real. Like, you know, just because, you know, I don't want to get on this, this giant tangent of it, but I think one of the biggest issues that we had this year, obviously is, is the, the racial injustice issue. Just because you don't experience racism, whether, as a police officer or as a citizen doesn't mean it isn't happening to somebody else. Sure. My perspective of it is I don't really see a whole lot of it. You know, the, the community that I, that I work for where it's about uh, 55% white, 45% Hispanic. So, you know, we, we, we get a lot of, of dealing with multicultural people and I've never cared. and, And I've said this before you, and you can attribute or you can contribute to this, when we grew up in, in Lebanon, we didn't care what anybody looked like. No, it was, of course not. It, it didn't matter because, you know, I mean, we, yeah, it was never an issue. So to me, when people are like, Oh, racism is a huge problem. I'm like, no, it ain't like, right. I, I, you know, I don't see it. But then again, we're a couple of white dudes living in Indiana. Yeah. So yeah. yes, this year has been a little difficult on police. Um, as as a whole it it sucked i mean it it you know you want to talk about some 
some post-traumatic stress and everything going on all police officers suicides are are huge this year for law enforcement which is just horrible uh we've had over i think it was uh, over 300 deaths this year in law enforcement including covid um i mean it just it's it was a frustrating year, but you know, we, we made the best of it. And especially locally, that's, that's one thing that I think people need to focus on is, is your community. If your community is supporting you, then that's what matters in, in, you know, in the long run, you know, you can, and you can attribute that to, you know, like what happened the other day at the U S Capitol. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, when, when Biden won, yeah, it upset me. But you know what? Who sits in that office doesn't really affect my day-to-day life. Sure. That much. It really doesn't. I mean, it, so yeah, he can take it, uh, whatever, and I'm going to keep doing my job and keep doing what I'm doing. That's Yeah. And it's hard, you know, to know the truth. I mean, that's kind of what you're getting at. Like, we, we're blasted with media stuff. Facebook, you know, is blasting us with stuff and censoring things what is the truth and there's clearly um some in my eyes some kind of divisive agenda um or whatever you call it maybe that's a agenda that word has a lot of baggage to it um but i you know i'm only how old am i 32. yeah yeah <laughs> and you know i can say stuff like i've never seen this before but i'm young we're both young but when your parents say that like my dad said that like, I've never seen anything like this before. Like, that's saying something, you know, what's what's going on with our country. And that's sad. And the hardest part for me personally is knowing what what is true. Um, because, it, right, like, I don't see that, just like what you were saying. I don't see a lot of racism around here in that way. I see it on Facebook. I see it on social media. Mm-hmm. But is that the true story? Is that really the overall narrative that, that is happening I, I honestly don't know. Um, I have some friends in Portland and, you know, all that stuff going down there that's been going on. And they're like, dude, I don't see any of that. Like, that's all just the news kind of exploiting, you know, little things that are happening. Oh, they're the enemy, bro. The news is the, the enemy. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't want to say that right out. but No, you, bro. The the news media is the, the enemy of the people. It just it. is. It's so cringy. Um, so I think all that's ending. Uh at some point, but it's, it's just hard for me personally to know, like, what stories are true and, and what is being exaggerated. Um, but much respect to you, man. Um, and just police force in general and your friends, like, thanks for what you do. Um, cause I know it's a hard time. Like I can talk about me and being a hard time as an artist, like I can't play shows, but I'm not out there like you guys, man. Yeah. Uh, so much love. Well, we appreciate that. We, you know, we, I, like I, said before we we do it for you guys you know it and and it doesn't matter who you are we're we're gonna do it for you we're gonna keep we're gonna come to your aid or whatever so you know we appreciate that um yeah it's uh i lost my train of thought there (laughs) i hate when that happens i was actually gonna ask you about uh working out and stuff so you probably can't see it but oh yeah uh no you 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 were always in pretty good shape i mean the drumming keeps your keeps your arms and shoulders Definitely does. Um, <clears throat> I've uh, been pretty hardcore, not as hardcore as you from the looks of it. <laughs> You're freaking ripped. Um, but yeah, I've always been skinny, dude. Uh, I've always had a good metabolism. I, I haven't had to like worry about, you know, 
weight loss and things like that. Very lucky. Um, my parents are both healthy. It's just in my genes. But I was in college and I was depressed and my girlfriend was cheating on me and broke up with me and I was living by myself. And I was just a scrawny little kid and I was like, dude, I don't want to be scrawny anymore. So I started going to the gym three days a week. And this was like 2012. And I mean, it's been like that ever since. Yeah. I just, I have to go to the gym, you know, consistency, man. That's the key. Yeah. So, so it's been cool in that way. I like, um, I love working out. Um, it just really feels good. Gives me energy. The hardest thing for me is eating enough. I feel like I can't Oh yeah. for me to bulk up because I just, I just don't eat a lot, you know? Um, so protein shakes and all, all that stuff. But, you know, I, I used to really be big into supplements and, and doing all that. Um, I, I don't anymore because I realize that specifically uh, protein shakes because I got tired of paying so much money for 10 pounds of protein where it's like I could where I'm just supplementing it. I'm supplementing that for chicken breast. Why don't I just eat chicken? Yeah. Right, right, right. You know, it, it's the same thing. You know, yeah, you can get into the science of, well, this is pre-digested uh, protein and it will synthesize in your body, but I, whatever. I'm not a professional bodybuilder. I don't give a shit about that. I'm just trying to, you know, maybe keep my muscle mass or put a little bit more on or whatever. You know, I, I think people really get sucked into that mindset of if I take this specific supplement, I'm going to look just like Johnny Jackson or, or whoever, you know, so yeah. it's just part of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, I'll come home after workout sometimes and just won't be hungry. And it's like, I got to eat something. You got to yeah. replenish yourself after a workout, right? Yeah. You got to put something in there. I, I, I'm a big fan of those uh, metrics, big 100 bars. Cause mm -hmm. I, you know, like I said, I, I don't buy a lot of supplements, but those, those protein bars I will buy. Cause it's a meal replacement bar. It's like yeah. 410 calories, but it's got protein in it. It's, it's good. I'm like, so right after I work out, I, I eat that. And that's, that's I, that way I know I'm getting something in. Cause I'm like you, I'm, I'm, I'm busy or I just, I don't, I'm not hungry or, or whatever. So I'll just go on with the rest of my day. I'm like, shit, I forgot to eat. Yeah. So yeah, from time to time and it's five o'clock and like, I worked out, you know, at 10 to 12. I'm like, dude, you still haven't eaten anything. Like yeah. <laughs> you just water. So yeah, I've been trying to get better at that and have a more uh, regular eating habit, but yeah. it's, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it's like I said, it's just consistency. It, tracking things helps. Um, I use a, an app called Lose It, and you know a lot of people use it to to lose weight. You can use it to to gain weight. It will, you know, you put your calories in there and everything, and it will tell you how many you have left, how many more you had, you need to get in. It'll tell you your macronutrients, which are your fats, yeah. carbs, and proteins. So it will tell you the exact amount that you need in order to put on weight or to take off weight. It's actually really handy. And it's, it's been proven. Write that down. It's called lose it. Lose it. Yeah. There is one called my fitness pal, but that one is uh, owned by under armor and you'll get a whole bunch of spam from under armor. It's uh -huh. not worth it. Perfect. Yeah. So, you know, give it, give it a try because it's proven that if you track what you eat, you will succeed more than if you don't, that's, that's a proven thing. They did a study several years ago and they're like the people that track their calories lose more weight. Yeah. Okay. And they stay on, they stay on track with it. So, and I've never tracked my calories. Like I, I just go with the flow. Like, yeah, you know, um, you'll be interested to see, like after your first day, you'll be like, wow, I, I either didn't eat a whole lot or I eat a, or I ate a whole lot. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, because when I was in college, I was doing, uh, doing some competition bodybuilding stuff. So I was forcing myself to eat. I was, you know, I was at one point I was trying to put on weight so I could get on, get size. 
And I was waking up at 3 a.m. and I would drink a protein shake, eat a handful of almonds and go back to sleep okay. because, because I had to get so much protein in. And, sure. you know, in order to gain, you know, the, the amount of size that I wanted, I was eating two and a half grams of protein per pound of body weight. So, I mean, I was eating like 250, 300 grams of protein a day. Dang, dude. It was rough. I, <laughs> I have like a 30 gram protein shake, you know, and then I'll eat a chicken breast or a steak for dinner and that's about it, you know? Oh. Yeah, that's a lot. That's crazy waking up and which yeah. that makes total sense. Like you, you're asleep for eight hours or something. Like you got to wake up in the middle of it and eat something. That's interesting. Yeah. That's hardcore, man. It was, it, well, obviously it didn't get me anywhere, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I enjoy working out. I always have. So that's, it was just part of it. And it was something fun to do in college. I wish I had done the functional type stuff in college that I do now, because I feel younger now doing this CrossFit stuff than I did when I was doing a bodybuilding split. Yeah. Just yeah. because it's a different kind of training. Absolutely. And it just feels good to, you know, have a routine like that, especially if, you know, in my position, I make my own schedule. So I don't want to be a lazy bum. So I just go to the gym in the morning, three days a week, and it just feels good. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it releases endorphins. It releases the same chemical that cocaine does. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people don't know that, but you know, it's obviously not to the large amount that, that cocaine does. Cocaine instead of working out. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. <laughs> don't do that don't yeah, do that right yeah i've seen people with holes in their nose Ugh. because of coke um i've got a hole in my nose but it's just an well, it's a piercing yeah um you had mentioned earlier and i know that when because i'm i was thinking about it when i was talking about college you were teaching at butler weren't you yeah so kind of uh, music instruction right just yeah they have a community arts school so i i teach lessons through there um and then uh I also teach, they have a African drumming class that I, I don't teach any longer, but I used to teach. And then I would play drums for their, they have a modern dance program uh, and like ballet. So I would play uh, drums for their modern class and stuff like that. So yeah, I was still involved with Butler. Not so much this year. This year is a totally different story because of everything. Right. Um, well, it was last year. It's it's 2021 now. <laughs> yeah, we're six days in or, yeah. or seven days uh but yeah so i was doing stuff through there and butler's you know they've been great um expensive school of course almost got my student loans paid off so that's exciting congratulations but really for me thank you really <laughs> it's been like making connections is is what school has been for me you don't have to go to a music school to be a musician obviously um 90 percent of my work now um is, is all from connections that I made at Butler. Like uh, I was doing my undergrad and there was a guy, his name's Greg, Greg Sanders here in town. He's the artistic director of the Indianapolis Men's Chorus and he works for the symphony and he's getting gotten me tons of work. So I've I've been able to play with the symphony here in town a couple of times, which has been oh, amazing. Cool. Um, and then I just make a living off of uh, gigs like that and, and various things and then teaching lessons, yeah. so. Uh, teach lessons out of my studio here um, and uh, right now I've got about 10 students a week and it probably it would be more than that usually uh, without COVID but this year has been a little strange so yeah. so yeah it's uh, 
It just goes to prove, you know, it always makes me laugh when people, people whine and say, it's all about who, you know, you have to have a connection. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's been a huge part, you know, Uh, I think a, Another point in my life that was pretty amazing is um, I got asked to play with the symphony and uh, mostly they hire, you know, especially in a small town like this, it's all the same people like for years, like they don't really have a lot of new players. So that was pretty cool. I I played the first half of uh, one of their pops concerts that they had. And then I just sat out in the audience for the second half because I didn't play anything. And that was, that was a pretty cool moment. I remember being backstage and they were playing the James Bond theme song and dun, 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 and I had a tuxedo on and like my part was done. Like I'm just backstage and I'm just like, this feels pretty cool. You know, <laughs> James Bond playing. Um, it was, it was a pretty cool moment. Uh, yeah. That's I, something to be proud of. For those of you that don't know, the Indianapolis symphony orchestra is like world renowned people, people come to Indianapolis to the circle there just to see the the indianapolis symphony orchestra so that's awesome dude yeah it's definitely the biggest organization you know uh, music organization in indianapolis so that was that was cool to be a part of that met a lot of cool people i I, it would have led to more concerts this year as well um but they've been shut down all year so yeah Uh, that's all right We'll, we'll bounce back i was waiting on metallica to come out and do a do another uh s&m with them, you know, instead of uh, the, what was it, San Francisco they did you know, all those years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite albums. Yeah, cool. Um, what are you listening to now? Like what? You know, it, I, I've always had such a strange interest in music. You know, I, I grew up listening to like Elton John and the Eagles and stuff. And then it transformed into like the pop punk Blink-182 Green Day. And then even more so into like the, emo screamo stuff when we were in high school and now it's you know i i still listen to metal i'm, I'm huge into lamb of god that's like my my number one yeah. metal band and uh, white chapel okay cool i love white chapel um but then i also have my other side where i'm like have you ever heard the band ajr no they're i i think you would really kind of like them because they're an electronic band they produce everything in their mom's living room that's crazy. It's, yeah, it's two brothers and they do everything electronically. You know, they hire out like a trumpet player or whatever, but yeah, they're called AJR. Okay. And you may have heard one or two of their songs because they they got kind of popular, but I really like their stuff because it's it's fun, it's upbeat, but their lyrics are very smart. That's why I really like their stuff because yeah. I, I'm really big into listening to what people are saying. So, you know, Machine Gun Kelly when he was still a hip hop artist, I liked his stuff, <laughs> but yeah. now he's He's changed genres, genres, excuse me. Eminem, I guess, destroyed him so bad that he was like, I'm just going to go to go back to pop punk and write one of those albums instead. Sure. But, you know, I, I love hip hop and um, I had skipped over this note and I wanted to bring bring back to it. There's an old band called Ludo, L-U-D-O. Have you ever heard of them? No. Uh-uh. They have an album that's about 35 minutes long that made me think of your humanity albums. It's called Broken Bride. And it is a story about a guy that loses his wife, creates a time machine and goes back in time to save her. And he goes back, he travels back too far to the the stone age and ends up fighting dinosaurs and then goes way too far in the future and is like in an apocalyptic future. And it's a really, really cool story. 
but the music really reminded me of your stuff because there's some synthesizers in there. There's there's some heavy metal stuff. It's a mixture of everything. It might be an album that you would really like to listen to. Right on. Yeah. Ludo. Yeah, Ludo, L-U-D-O, and the album's called Broken Bride. I got some music to listen to. Yeah, man. I'm You know, I'm always looking for new music, um, and that's one of the hardest things right now is it's so saturated. There are so many artists. I'll listen to a cool song from some artists that I've never heard of. Um, and Spotify has been great for recommending bands like that. Um, and I'll look them up and it's like, I mean, good for him. It's like some 15 year old from Malaysia. Like there's, and this is a true story. He got signed to uh, release a song through Ophelia Records when from this uh, DJ producer named Seven Lions, which is one of my favorite producers right now it's just one guy um but he started this record label and released this song and i'm like looking up like this song is badass you know who's who's this guy this this 15 year old man like uh, good for him yeah um but yeah it's just funny how saturated the market is and sometimes that's frustrating and i was just talking to brian two days ago uh, from i exist saying like dude is this the worst time ever to be a musician it it almost feels that way. That's kind of depressing. I don't mean it to be that way, but um, it's just there's so many artists. You don't have to go through a record label. Anybody can upload their stuff to Spotify, iTunes. Mm -hmm. Easy. Um, and it's just there's so much music that I haven't heard of. Um, so that's, that's a good thing, though. I hope so. Yeah. You know, I, I think it, you know, what, you're, what you're getting at, I, I think that, yeah, good for that kid. It, it could be you next. Sure. You know, you, you gotta, my biggest thing, one of my resolutions this year is showing gratuity uh, personally and, and in my life. And, you know, when something like that happens, it, you know, it didn't happen to me. It happened for me. I'm grateful that I heard this 15 year old kid. And, and I know that a 15 year old kid can make it. So can I. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I mean, that's, I'm not trying to impose this on you, but I mean, that's, that's kind of the way I'm trying to train my brain this year is things aren't happening to me. They're happening for me. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's smart, man. And and that's a good way to start thinking about it um, because it's easy to get lost in your head and be like, Oh, I'm not good enough. And, and things like that. And I know I said it that way. Like when I, when I mentioned him, um, oh, I'm not trying to dog on you. I'm just saying, yeah. and please do please call me out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we live in this world where everybody's so easily offended. Like, I hate that. I mean, how we get better is knowing that we did something wrong and having good friends call us out and then change it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just funny. I So many bands that I haven't heard of um, and so many kinds of music that I haven't heard of, you know, everybody's just creating and, and that's amazing and that's really cool. Um, but it's just hard. It's hard to put your stuff out there, you know? Um, yeah. It's, in a way because yeah anybody can do it but it's hard to find that market of people that will enjoy your stuff um and i exist has has been very lucky in that way we've kind of built um a little tribe you know of, mm -hmm. of people and that's been pretty cool well i can tell you i was one of those daily listeners on your spotify i right appreciate it yeah you know and that's another word about spotify like for us spotify has been amazing um it's we see most of our royalties um, all come from Spotify. Um, you know, Giving My Life is one of our biggest songs, and that's crazy in itself. So that song, 2012, 
is still our most played song. Um, and kind of how that happened is we, uh, a big YouTube channel reached out to us. Um, they're a gaming channel called Phase Clan, like huge, hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Um, and they asked if they could use our song in one of their videos, like a montage video of like Call of Duty headshots and things like that, you know? Um, and we're like, yeah, sure. And, but they asked if they could monetize it. So we wouldn't be able to monetize the video or make any money mm -hmm. from it, but it would just be promotional. Um, and we're like, okay, sure. Another reason why yes was, was a good option instead of saying no. Um, so that video, it's been a while since I've checked, I'm sure it's still on YouTube, over 2 million plays. Wow. So we started getting and noticed this huge spike. This was like, maybe this was 2013, 14, huge spike in our listens in our streams and also our subscribers on YouTube. Um, and we don't have a ton of subscribers on YouTube at the time. We, and we still don't, but we would start getting these messages and comments on our, on our page. Like, Hey, found you guys through face clan. We're like, wow, that's crazy. That's um, awesome. And so that's how giving my life blew up. Um, and still to this day, uh, I mean, it gets um, tens of thousands of plays a month. Um, and that's pretty crazy. It's like the snowball that started and we can't stop it, you yeah. know? And, and that's, I'm very, very grateful for that uh, because that literally pays my rent. Um, and that's why I'm able to keep creating is because the this one song out of all the rest and that we've written out of four albums blew up in in our eyes um and it hasn't stopped it's yeah. still getting so many plays it's been added to thousands of playlists on spotify and that's just like i mean it's a dream come true for any artist um so that's pretty amazing and then that's been going on since 2014 like seven years and i don't see an end coming um as far as like the, the people that stream that song so that's pretty cool um that that, yeah, that that excites me it's got my heartbeat going i mean that's that's awesome man yeah and that was all but you know we could have said face clan reached out huge channel and we could have said no like we need to monetize it that's our song we we worked our asses off for this song uh you know recorded it, it takes a long long time right um but we're like, hey, this is a huge channel. Like, you know, sure, use our song for free because at the t and still now, Spotify has a lot of copyright issues for using songs, right? Mm -hmm. So if you use somebody's songs, they put a claim on it. Like, even if I had music playing in the background right now, if it was a popular song and YouTube recognized it, they would take your video down or put some kind of claim on it, right? Yeah, they they because I have a YouTube for my podcast, but they anytime you put any music on there they don't they don't remove the the video they tell you that you can't monetize it yeah yeah they're pretty hardcore about that yeah i see i see both avenues it's frustrating at some point i think there could be um some other way to help this issue and still get the artist paid and be able to use their songs because i want people to use my songs mm -hmm. i mean of course but then at the same time i want to get paid for my songs. So there's this balance of, you know, promotional benefit versus monetary benefit. And you got to kind of weigh those out as a small artist like we are. Um, but yeah, it, in that way, didn't make any money off that that video probably has 
close to 4 million plays now or something. Didn't make a, a penny off of it. Technically, from that song, but that road that came after that and just that snowball effect is like, that's why we were able to tour. Um, yeah, yeah. Because we were having this money come in every single month. And we got on XM radio, which was amazing. And like, wow. that was huge. Um, so literally, <laughs> we're like, okay, well, what are we going to do? You know, because we have this money coming in, like we should go on tour because we can afford it. Yeah. Um, and say you get paid, you know, 100 bucks at every show and they feed you like, well, then that's sweet. Hopefully more than that. But that wasn't always the case. Yeah. You know, get you get your three beer tickets and that's it. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's but, awesome. You know, well, that's kind of how the guy that did, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, my intro for my last, uh, my latest episode, his name's Huss. He's from okay. the UK. He does boxing announcements and he's trying to get promoted and everything and, and do that. So, so he did that pro bono for me. Cool. And he's, he's like, he, you know, I'll come up with intro music and everything. I was like, I was like, yeah, man, just, just do something that's sort of like Lil John. Like you remember the, the crunk stuff back in the day, he's like, yeah, I'll come up with something. And so he did that intro for me and I'm like, dude, that's, that's fire, bro. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Cause it's really professional sounding. Like uh, when I heard that, I was like, Oh damn, Logan, like that sounds good. Yeah. Sweet. Go back and listen to the first episodes and you're like, Oh, he's just using everybody else's music. <laughs> hey, I mean, we got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, what's been the most fun with this is, you know, I, I've said it before. <clears throat> um, when I started my Instagram, people that knew me, and either my coworkers or friends or whatever, they avoided talking to me about it almost. And, and then some would even like poke fun at me for it just because it, maybe it was because it was easy or maybe it, it seemed like people, people thought I was trying to seek fame or whatever, just because of my profession, which I, I'm not. And I, I, I wasn't back then, but when I started my podcast, I started getting text messages and, and compliments and like, dude, this is awesome. Like this. So I was like, to me, I'm like, that's right in my wheelhouse. This is it, baby. Like, I'm just having fun with it, man. Well, it's great to know like that you can flow with it and it's not forced. Yeah. Uh, there's some things you try to do where it's like, this isn't working out. Um, but yeah, man, it, it sounds like it's right up your alley. And um, what, what started this podcast? What made you want to start doing this? You know, I, I've always enjoyed talking to people and, and that's one of the great things about police work is I get to spend my time talking to people, sure. um, whether it's using verbal judo, which is, you know, talking people down, deescalating situations okay. or just having conversations with people. Um, I've always been very personable. I mean, heck I'm talking with my hands now and, and I'm doing a podcast. People won't even see it. All right. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's something that I do. Um, and so I started a blog and people, people don't read anymore. Um, I've always loved the written word, but people just don't read very often. So I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm like, why don't I do a podcast and I can talk to people or just get on here and talk myself. And I was like, well, I can record zoom conversations with people. And so I just started reaching out to everybody. And like, it's shocking to me how many people will do these, especially, you know, they have the, the verified check mark on Instagram and stuff. People are like, yeah, sure. I mean, I've got a, a CrossFit pro by the name of Jacob Hepner. He's one of my favorites. He's we're going to do one in February. That's awesome. Like, I mean, just you, if you reach out to people, you'd be surprised how many people will say yes for this because it's, you know, like you said, it's free publicity for them. Yeah. And it's just, it's fun. And now's the perfect time to do that. I mean, everybody's at home. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> used to the zoom thing. So it's like, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that's cool, man. It's cool to see that come together. And yeah. when I, uh, this, the intro and stuff like that in your latest episode I was like oh damn this this sounds awesome you know yeah. very, very cool man awesome 
Well, I got to tell you, dude, this, this has been so much fun. Thank you for coming on. Well, dude, thank you for asking me. Um, yeah, I've never really done anything like this before. Um, so it was really cool to just talk. And I think we're, me, me personally, and I'm sure you are, you said you're a people person. Like, I miss people. I, I miss that interaction. Yeah. This helps a lot with that because, I, you know, I'm mostly sitting here at home in my studio writing songs. Every morning I'm up writing. Um, uh, last year I tried to write a song a week. Sorry about that. Shut up. Um, so last year I was like, all right, what if I just write one song a week? So at the end of the year, you come out with like 50 songs. Um, one of those has to be pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd hope so. So that's yeah. awesome. It's been cool to do this, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime. Where, where can people find your stuff at? Yeah. So you cam Um, you can find all my, my stuff there. And then, uh, Definitely listen to I Exist. You can go to IExistBand.com. Um, everything forward slash I Exist Band or everything forward slash Cam Reeves Music. Instagram, Cam Reeves Music, I Exist Band, Twitter, all that stuff. Um, and then I Exist, some exciting things, some real quick I didn't talk about. We have our first vinyl. Oh, man. So we did this vinyl. Um, I know people probably can't see this. But. Wow. No, if, it, let me describe it here. It's uh, like a, you know, obviously your vinyl cover and it's, it's white. It's got a big sphere on it with a, a pedestal going up. Says I exist at the top, got their track list on the back. That is awesome. So this is uh, not for sale yet, but um, coming this year. Um, we already have some pre-sales, some people that have purchased it already. So that's exciting. And then we also have an app. Um, you can find I exist on your app. Uh, on Android or Apple, just the I Exist app. And what that is, is an immersive, um, it's also on VR, it's an immersive, uh, interactive experience with our music and with consciousness with this new album. So it's a virtual music thing uh, that we've okay. been creating in the past few years. So you can download that, it's free. Um, you can listen to our songs through there and you can also interact with the songs and manipulate sounds. So that's something we've been working on for a long time and that's out. So that's exciting. Is that uh, like a, there was a, Oh, what was that movie? Um, that was about dreams that had Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Oh, uh, Inception. Inception. Yeah. There was an app that came out with that movie that like, if you, you were supposed to like sleep with it on or just like walk around it, it would use the microphone in your headphones and it played music and it would take the sounds that you were hearing and, and like turn them around and, and reverb them and everything. Is that, is that what it is? That's kind of crazy. I'll check that out, but it is something like that. So there's literally a part of the app um, you explore. So every song is a world. Um, so you can go to, you know, the first song on the album and it's, it's a world and you literally walk through it and the lyrics will come at you as you walk through oh, it. Wow. There's some rooms that you can, explore and unlock eventually after you do certain things and in those rooms are special acoustic versions of the songs and also parts we created this virtual instrument so you can actually play um oh, cool. part of the melody with the song so there's all kinds of little things like that in the app the real experience is with virtual reality um it's very very cool and brian did all the programming for this um very very talented very smart um he also did all the artwork and everything. So yeah, that app has been 
years in the making and that's finally out um and yeah check it out download it let us know what you think all right cameron bailey doing big things that is just awesome well thank you for coming on brother absolutely man logan good to hear from you man yeah you too all right big thanks to cameron bailey for for coming on the podcast with me that was a lot of fun to catch up with him it's always interesting to to talk to people that you haven't for a long time especially when they've gone out and and done big things like he has i know he's had a lot of crazy experiences and and done a lot of awesome things with the band and i wish him the best of luck as always uh please subscribe to the the podcast uh let all your friends know about it uh give us a five-star review and a written review and uh, if you would uh, please consider uh, contributing to the podcast contribute to the cause and uh hopefully we can get this thing going uh maybe we can get some swag maybe we can get some uh some merch going i don't know i have the the web domain for caffeine and sarcasm.com um i may or may not have just gotten that so who knows something may come of it so As always, be caffeinated, be sarcastic, and have a great day.